You're listening to the Northfield Radio Program, where faith, family, and culture all collide with the biblical worldview. There is a war that's raging for the hearts and the minds and the spirits of men and women. And you and I, as Christians, are on the forefront of that battle. The question is, what will you do? To find out more about the Northfield Radio Program and Caleb Gordon, go to www.calebgordon.com. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. I am your host, Caleb Gordon. I'm so excited that you're here with me today. As always, I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee. Wow, they have such incredible beverages. My wife and I went there the other morning, and it literally made our day. We loved it. Check these guys out at outpostcoffeeco.com. So on today's program, I want to talk about our words. I want to talk about the way we speak to one another. Have you guys noticed how insane the rhetoric is towards one another? People that don't agree with each other. Think about how we talk to one another. Think about the just the, the immense words that are used. Just the insanity that's pushed back and forth. How we talk to one another. How we say things like, oh yeah. When you find out their political views, what people say... What you th- when you hear what people think about their religious views, how people just interact with one another, how we how we just yell and scream and act just really mean to one another. I want us to think about the power of our words. Yes, there's points in life where we're not going to agree with each other, and we're going to have disagreements about certain things. But man, I believe with everything in me, we should be civil at one another. We should be civil towards one another. Might I even use the word be nice to each other? I know it's a concept that's that's difficult for so many people to comprehend, actually being nice to one another. Um, I, I know that that is something that, that a lot of people just, we, we don't think is necessary, but um, I think it is necessary. I think it's something that we need to, as human beings, we need to be nice to one another. Um, Proverbs eighteen twenty one tells us that uh, the tongue has power of life and of death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So we we have the ability to speak life. We have the ability to speak death. But here's what so often we don't speak life to one another. We speak death. We are incredibly quick to just tear one another apart, and we're quick to... Um, believe the worst in people and I, I think that that needs to shift I think that needs to change now I'm not saying that that we easily stay steer clear of having theological debates and have having our theological convictions because we should but I think we should do it in love we should never do it in the hopes of being proven right because that's we've got we've got theological um nincompoops as I like to call them who like to try to they want to be proven right they want to they want to rip apart uh, men and women who disagree with them theologically not because they love them and want to see them to come to know the God of the universe but rather they want to tear them apart simply so that they can be proven right and that's a problem that that is a big problem we need to um, as human beings be willing to step into people's lives and speak truth in love. Not just speak truth just for truth's sake so that we can be proven right and we can have the right answers and we can be the ones that are, ha ha, I told you. 
we speak the truth with love. Because the scriptures tell us that if we if we do we can we can say all these things, we can preach the greatest sermons, we can have all these things happen in our lives, but if we don't have love, we don't have anything. We're, we're, we're useless. We're like a clanging symbol. So I think we need to be careful with our words. We we can paint a picture of who Jesus is. We can paint a beautiful picture of the glory of God with our words. And then we can turn around with our words and we can rip other human beings apart. We, we And we don't need to do that. We need to be quick to, to hear and slow to speak. But oftentimes we're quick to speak. And I, I'm guilty. <laughs> I'm guilty of that. I am quick. I've got a quick wit. I've got a quick mouth. I've got a a joke for everything, and I've got the ability to to tear folks apart quickly, and that's not what the scripture calls us to do. It says to be slow to speak and quick to hear, uh, and I think we, that would be a big fix in a lot of things in our world if we were slow to speak and we just started listening more. Um, yeah, I'm 41 this year, and I I will I admit that. 20 years ago, I was much, much more brash and, and and would just quickly rip into people over certain things. And I just, I've learned in the last 20 years that that's not how you fix things. That's not how you fix people. <laughs> you, you expose people to the gospel. And you, you you speak in love to them. I didn't say excuse sin because that's never it's never okay to excuse sin. But I am saying that we 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 bring the truth in love to people. We we speak that in love to people. And uh, rather than ripping people apart, let's paint a picture of who God is, and then bring people into that painting and show them this is. This is the beauty of who Jesus is. He can reconcile. He can redeem. He can he can forgive. And when that takes place, th- that's when you begin to see redemption. That's when you begin to see human beings come to know the God of the universe. And that that's that's good news. <laughs> so in James chapter three, it tells us, um, "Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know." that you know, that we who teach will be judged more strictly. So this verse actually terrifies me um, because I do teach. I, I am a pastor. I am a, a deliverer of God's word. And so I, I read this text and it, it does cause in me um, a little hesitation because I, I, th- I see my own life. I know my own sin. I know my own heart. And I'm going to tell you, I fall short. I I stumble, I fall, and so I, I, I know better because God's word is in my heart, it's in my mind, and yet sometimes I deliberately um, run after the things that, that are wicked, and I, I don't want that. Uh, but that, I think that's that, and, but that's a good sign, right? Because um, when you, as a human being, when you, as a um, man, woman, boy, or girl, hate your sin. That's a sign that the Holy Spirit's doing a work in your life. But uh, that's neither here nor there. I want to continue going in this text. It says, we all stumble in many ways. Verse 2, we stumble in many ways. Anyone who never, who is never at fault in what they say is perfect and able to keep their whole body in check. I want you to see what that 
if we're able to keep in check with how we talk, listen to that. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect. Yeah? And able to keep their whole body in check. Now, this is a big thing. Think about this. If we can control the way we speak, if you and I can control the way we speak to one another about circumstances, to our spouses, to our friends, to our parents, if we can control how we speak, the scripture tells us that we can have our whole body in check. But we all stumble in many ways because we are fallen, we are sinful. And so the, the scriptures in verse 3 here in James chapter 3 give a, a picture, they paint a picture of what it looks like to control your body with your tongue. And they use the illustration of a horse. He says, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the entire animal or take the ship in a small, as, a, as, a, as an example. Although it is a large vessel and is driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants it to go. So your life is steered. You're the pilot. And you're, you're, you're steering your your life by what you say. Think about the things you've said. Think about the things you've, you've said to your spouse, to your boss, to a co-worker, and how quickly the, the words that you use, the words that I use, how quickly that can just get us into a ton of trouble. Like a ton of problems can arise by saying the wrong words. Think about the things you've said. Think about the things that you know, you've said to a spouse or a friend and you said it in a wrong tone or you said it in a wrong way. How quickly did that escalate the circumstance and cause war in your home, war in your office? And I think it's interesting because James chapter 4 talks about uh, James three and James four just they they just they mesh so incredibly well together. Well, obviously because it's the same book, but it goes from the power of the tongue and how we in verse th- or in chapter three talking about how our tongues just cause all kinds of problems. Uh, the scripture says they're set on fire by hell itself, and then you move into chapter four. It says what causes fights? What causes quarrels among you? Well, <laughs> don't don't they come from your desires? They battle within you. So what happens is you've got these desires down in you and you pop off at the mouth and you have all these big fights happen. Verse two says, you desire, but you do not have, so you kill. And how you say, well, wait, 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 Caleb, I have never killed anyone. Maybe not physically, but you have probably murdered somebody's character on social media or you've said, hey, have I told you about sister so-and-so? Have I told you about brother so-and-so? Hey, did I tell you about Jim down the street? Let me tell you about what's going on in his life. And we make all these assumptions and we start talking and we kill one another's character. We might not physically tear one another apart, but we're emotionally, physically, or, uh, emotionally spiritually trying to tear each other down. Uh, it keeps going there. It says, and you covet, but you cannot get a hold of it what you want. So, you quarrel and you fight. How quickly do we fight about things? How quickly do we just rip into each other over certain things? And the text is very, very clear in chapter 3 that our tongue sets us on certain paths. And the way we, way we talk to one another, and it, it, can, it can bring 
heaven on earth or we can unleash hell. One of the two things. And verse 9 of chapter 3 says, With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse our fellow man, who has been made in the likeness of God. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. Because my brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. What's that old saying that grandma used to say? What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. Guys, I'm telling you, and I, I like I said, I, I talk about this very cautiously because I have, I can tend to have a mouth on me. And I'm going to tell you, if the Holy Spirit doesn't control how we speak to one another, if the Holy Spirit doesn't control the way your mouth um, opens, I'm going to tell you, it could potentially unleash hell on earth. And we need to be careful. We need to be careful. And, and this is this is also another, let me... Let me go this direction. Because here's what happens. I told you about, we've got these theological nincompoops. <laughs> we've got people who have a Sunday school degree and they start pontificating on spiritual things and they want to be proven right. And so they, they'll come to a, quote unquote, they'll come to a brother or sister and say, listen, I need to, I mean, the Lord's laid something on my heart about this. And we, and we don't have the, the desire of love and reconciliation. We have the desire to be proven right. And so what happens is we come to our brothers and sisters and we say, I need to approach you about a, a sin that's going on in your life. And you want to just be proven right. And you, you come in just wreaking havoc. Matt Chandler says that we need to wield our theological and biblical knowledge like a scalpel, like a surgeon doing during uh, a surgery. We need to wield our theological and biblical knowledge like a scalpel in the hopes of bringing life and reconciliation rather than walking in with a sledgehammer and just beating the walls down. And I, I've met people, I know people personally who have come in and just wrecked shop. They've come in and they just they beat the living snot out of everything and everyone because they want to be proven theologically right. And they want to know that they want you to know that they can splice the Greek apart just right. They know the Hebrew. They knew that they know the original language. Let me let me show this to you. Wah, pow, pow. And they just tear everyone apart. Guys, that is dangerous. And that is wicked. Uh, Matt Chandler also says that if we, as human beings, have a have a desire to want to know our brothers and sisters' weaknesses, when we thrive on that, we're not only sinning against God, we're sinning against them. If we if we strive to know their weaknesses over their strengths. Now, like I said, I'm never. I don't think we should excuse sin. If you confront someone on sin, it should always be in love with a desire to see them reconciled not only to other human beings, but to Jesus Christ. Like That should be the desire of our, our, of our hearts, is to see men and women reconciled. We should never have the desire of, I was right. But how many of us love to say, I told you so? How many of us love to be proven right? Um, I'd say most of us. We love to be able to... Uh, to wield our theological 
knowledge like a sword or a, or a sledgehammer. And that's dangerous. Like we need to come in with a with a gentle, Holy Spirit-filled desire to see men and women know God more deeply. That's that that should be our hope with our words. So back to Proverbs 18. You have the power with your tongue to bring life or bring death. So the question I have for us as we as we walk through the day and the week and the months ahead is how are we how are we talking to one another? Are we talking to one another? Are we, are we doing as Ephesians uh, 4:29 says in the hopes of building up? In fact, let me let me just turn over there to Ephesians 4:29. That way I can just I know I want you guys to know that I'm I'm actually quoting God's word. I'm just not just making stuff up. So Ephesians 4:29 says this: Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. That is that it may benefit those who listen. So is is what you're saying building folks up and bringing about um, I love that that's that's the NIV. Let me read this out of the ESV just because I, I like the way the ESV says this a little bit better. It says, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only such as good for building up, as is that is fit for the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Is are the things that we're saying is it extending grace to the people that are around us? Are we showing grace by how we talk? Or are we tearing one another apart? Are we tearing one another apart with corrupt language and corrupt speech? Are we? I get that. I can't answer that question for you. That's a question you have to answer for yourself. Is the corrupt talk coming out of your mouth? Or are you trying to build people up? Are you trying? Once again, I'm not saying excuse sin. I'm simply stating, are we using our words to build one another up that it's, it's fit for the occasion? Like every occasion is going to look different. What are you doing with your language in that occasion, in that moment? Are you attempting to give grace that th- for those that are hearing? Or are you just coming in trying to wreck shop? And if you're trying to wreck shop, I'm telling you, that's dangerous ground to walk on. And we need to be careful because in Matthew 12, 36, it tells us that we are going to give an account for every idle word that we speak. Every idle word that you and I come, that comes out of our mouths, we're going to have to give an account um, on the day of judgment. <laughs> That's not me. That was Jesus. Jesus, I tell you on the day of judgment, people will give an account for every careless word that they speak. Oh, guys, this is serious stuff. And it's it's weighing on me. Even as I'm as I'm sitting at this microphone, thinking about this word that is being sown into our minds and our hearts today, that we have to be careful how we talk to one another, because there's gonna come a day where our words are gonna we're gonna be held in account. The things that we say are we're gonna be held in a high account. And I'm going to tell you, if you're not covered by Christ, if Christ is not your Lord, if Christ is not your Savior, then you are in deep weeds. But I can promise you this. Romans 8.1 tells us that if we're in Christ, there's no condemnation. 
This is why we need to repent. And I'm going to tell you, if we are in Christ, the Holy Spirit's going to, he's going to check us when we do begin to speak um, unwholesomely, as the text says. When we begin to speak that way, the Holy Spirit's going to check us and say, listen, whoa, Caleb, you better slow, slow down, sir. No, 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 no. I'm telling you, we've got to be careful. And when the Holy Spirit brings that to our attention, repent, 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 repent. The scripture says, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all of your unrighteousness. And that includes this thing of careless speech. But when the Holy Spirit convicts us, man, we got to be quick to repent and quick to get rid of it. We don't. When the Holy Spirit convicts, don't try, don't try to make excuses for your speech is like, ah, oh, I'll be fine. I'll, I'll be all right. Don't worry about me. I'm, I'm going to be totally fine. And it'll, it'll, it'll all work out and I'll come out in the wash and everything's going to be fine. Well, I'm going to tell you, that's not how God's word tells us to, to, to do these things. In fact, the scripture tells us, don't grieve the Holy Spirit in, in Ephesians 4, verse 30 says, don't grieve the Holy Spirit by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you. All malice. Be kind to one another. Remember I told in the beginning of this, I said be kind. Remember I started this, this, this broadcast out saying we need to be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as Christ, or as God in Christ Jesus forgave you. Woo! That, that's, that's it, man. That'll preach. That'll preach right there, that we would put all that away. And it begins with our tongue. Like, what are we saying? Are we bringing life or are we bringing death? I want to challenge us this week that we would bring life to one another, that we would speak life, that we would preach life, that we would share life with one another rather than um, trying to make excuses for our lives. We would be an imitator of God, as Ephesians chapter 5 verse 1 tells us, to be an imitator of God. How do we do that? By putting all of our bitterness aside, by putting all of our wrath and our anger and our foul speech and our slander and our clamor and all the junk that we've got in our lives to be put away from us and that we would just be kind to one another as Christ has been kind to us. Be kind to one another as Christ has been kind to you. And when that happens... I believe it's going to change not only your world, but the world around you. People are going to begin to look at you differently. They're going to say, man, there's something different. This guy's speech is controlled. He doesn't talk like everybody else. He doesn't say those things. He's, 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 he's very quick to forgive. He's quick to, to show love. He's quick to speak life. He's quick to build up. And man, the, the grace that's extended when he talks, holy cow, how incredible and beautiful is that? So I'm going to challenge you and I this week to walk in love and share Christ with our speech and speak life rather than death. Father, thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the conviction of it even in this moment. Thank you that you've, you've given that to me, that uh, I, I read this and I see that you... You want me to be cautious when I speak, to be mindful of what you want me to say. Father, help me to speak in the way that you want me to speak. Help me to talk uh, the way you want me to talk around people and to, and to people. 
Help me to put away my bitterness, my anger, my clamor, my stuff, my junk, my sin. Help me to put that away and help me to know you in a more intimate and loving way. I love you, Jesus. Thank you for your grace. In your holy and precious name, I pray this. Amen. Well, guys, I love you all. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to the show. Uh, I pray that you would be encouraged. Share this with a friend, um, and and let's, let's see what God does. You all have a great week. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of a Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.